Can we please use common sense? Good morning, everybody. How are you? Everyone's doing fantastic today on Monday. Um, today, this is the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show with Jeff Gallman of Solid Canine Training. And it's a single topic show, and I usually pick one or two things to talk about. Sometimes I'll go on a rant, and I really wanted to talk about people's pain points and um, what people are struggling with um, with their dog. And uh, I'm finding that there's so many things that people struggle with their dog that they just don't need to be. Things can actually be easier than you think. It does not have to be that difficult at all to uh, work your dog through things. Um, so what is it that you're struggling with and how can we help? And chances are I can either help you right now or we have a course that can help you. Um, and the, or there's free information on our YouTube channel that can help you. But it does not have to be that difficult. I think folks are making um, dog training just too challenging for them. I think they're, they're, people are just self-sabotaging things. I really do. I see it all the time. Um, I see people's uh, preconceptions of difficulty stop them. I see people's um, fear stop them. I see people's overdoing it, doing too much stop them. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't need to be... It just doesn't need to be that way. I don't want it to be that way. We see over and over and over every day that it doesn't have to be that way. We see folks get over things relatively easy once they understand, you know, what to do. So, what is it? Usually things that are people are struggling with are pretty basic things and once you understand the protocols leash handling techniques timing um uh, uh when to give a correction uh, uh rewarding is easy that comes naturally if anything people over reward their dogs to the point where actually it self-sabotages their progress that we see a lot believe it or not it sounds a little bit crazy but we see people that are sabotaging themselves and they don't need to be sabotaging themselves and you would think why would people do that well it's not, not like they it's not like they do it on purpose and good morning to everybody that's on instagram good morning to everybody that is um following on uh facebook following on um youtube following on uh rumble welcome to the show and it's great to have you here. And again, for some weird reason, my camera is just crapped out. So all of your basic obedience commands can be easily taken care of. You can have a leashed trained dog. So most people do not take their dogs off leash. They don't. They don't have off-leash trained dogs, which is fine. But you can have a leash trained dog at a minimum in a week. Imagine having a dog that has got all these unwanted behaviors and no training. And in basically a week with most aggression, probably not. Massive separation anxiety, probably not. But imagine... Um, 
that you can have a dog that understands everything on a leash in one week. That is beyond possible. That is the 99 percentile of dogs can do that. Literally with, with less than an hour a day of training, you can accomplish that. Less than an hour a day of training, you can accomplish that. Imagine that. But most people haven't put in, they put in zero effort addressing the issue. They're just hoping for the best. It's just the same pattern. I've been, been repeating myself for 20 years. It's not like this is new information to me. It's not like it's new information to dog trainers. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Owners are doing the same non-work. Trainers are trying to explain to them what to do. And if it all came together and everybody just listened to the people that actually know what to do, the problems would be resolved. Just like that. Just like that. That's as easy as it, as it is. It's easier than you think. We prove it every day. We prove it in our work every day. But then you have the naysayers that come up with all the bullshit excuses. It was this weekend it was. We did a video on a crappy prong tower and somebody is like, no, that's you're wrong, Jeff. That's a good prong tower. That's exactly how it's supposed to work. And I'm like, no, you are wrong. You're arguing with the wrong guy. You're arguing with the guy, one of the first people in this industry. I am one of the first people in this industry to show how prong towers are properly used. Go back. Watch the videos from 18 years ago, 20 years ago. Nobody was showing this. They still don't show it. Like you're arguing with the wrong people. Stop arguing with the experts that actually know stuff, that can actually solve your problem, that actually have a proven track record of your problem, and not with their own personal dog, but with tens of thousands of dogs. Everybody's an expert with their own dog. Well, we didn't have to do that with our dog. The industry has gotten out of control that is working against you and doesn't want you to be successful. So going in there, if you are a dog owner right now, I want you to know that the majority of stuff on social media, they don't want you to be successful. They don't want you to be successful. You would wonder why. Why? Because dog trainers are a bunch of egotistical a-holes, most of them. And some people can describe me that way. But the, but, but the proof is in the pudding. You have a problem. I'll show you how to fix it. There you go. You can't, you can't, you can argue all you want about it. But... Why are you wasting your breath arguing about good results? Why? Why are, why are people making up every excuse in the book about why it did work? Like, think about that. 
results you a trainer gets results and you get all these people coming up with excuses on oh it only worked because of it only worked because the dog trainer knew what to do has that ever crossed your mind this is the one industry where people love to self-sabotage results i've never seen anything like it in my life they want you to dog trainers dog owners they want you to actually not win and i'm just telling you you can win quite easily you can win it's easier than you think everybody makes an excuse why they can't win and then the people that do win there's even more excuses on why they were successful in the negative all they want to do is beat you down the industry dog owners associations vets big farm they don't want you to win i've never seen anything like it in my life what do we have in rumble nothing rumble come on give me some stuff in rumble instagram good morning instagram how are you i find that owners aren't convinced for the training advice will lead to solving the problems for example crate training and over that's fine if they're not convinced but then how, how are you okay if i if i show you results what else do you need do i want me to pay you a thousand dollars too People are not, what do you mean? But this is the weirdest thing over. It's like, they're not convinced. The proof is in the pudding. There's the results. They, they don't even try. They don't even make an effort. So because they don't even make an effort, they instantly fail. Anything not attempted, you are guaranteed to fail. If you do not show up, you will lose. It is a guarantee. If you are a baseball player, but you don't show up to the plates, you will not hit the ball. It is a guarantee you will not hit the ball. Show up, you have a chance of hitting the ball. Crate training is incredible. If you are taught properly, I have 100% successfully crate trained every dog I've ever touched. So you can argue with me all day long, you can argue with me about how bad crate training is. You can argue with me about your country is banned it. Like, I give a fuck. But don't tell me it doesn't work. Not you, Ofer. But don't tell me it doesn't work. It does work. It's a fact. These are factual comments. They're not my opinion. They're not some hypothesis. These are facts. They work. 99% of dog, dogs adapt easily to a crate. The other 1% needs troubleshooting. People can argue with that all day long. People can argue with that all day long. They don't want to follow the advice. Oh, for some people don't want to follow the advice, but the majority of people will. But they've been lied to. This industry is filled with lies. This industry is filled. Why is it filled with lies? Because it's filled with liars. What do you think liars do? Liars lie. Liars lie. They'll lie to you to appease you. 
to say what you want to hear instead of just say what works. It's like losing weight. You don't have to eat less. You don't have to go to the gym. You'll lose weight. Bullshit. You'll say a fat, out of shape fuck. How do you convince the, the dog to go in the crate if you resist? Drag them in. You don't convince the dog. You don't convince the dog. You drag the dog in. 100% of dogs that have not wanted to go in the crates, I have dragged in. Within five minutes, they voluntarily go in. It's simple. It's a simple concept. How do you convince a child to put on a winter coat? You don't. You put it on them. I'll humanize it. Anybody wants to play the human game with me? I'll play it right along. I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the human game. This is not you, Ofer. But I'm just saying, though, you don't convince a dog to go in a crate. You put them in the crate. You attach a long line to their leash, throw the long line through the back of the crate, and drag them in. I probably have 20 videos showing it. And guess what? I have a 100% success rate. 100%. Not 99.9. .9, 100%. There. So there, there's the proof right there. There's the proof right there. Why is the camera doing this? So this is the thing. It's like this convincing of dogs. You don't convince dogs, you do. If a dog doesn't want to voluntarily do it, you make them do it. If a dog doesn't want to do a downstay, you make them do a downstay. You don't ask permission. And guess what? A couple of reps later, they do it. They're dogs. They're simple creatures. They want the, they want the path of least resistance. They want the path of least resistance, and they'll do it. And the next thing you know, in a couple of days or the next day, you have a dog that voluntarily goes in the crate. Do you know that almost the majority of dogs that come into our kennel don't want to be crated? And you know what? After day one, they, they lie down in their crate and they relax. They, they lie down in their crate and they relax. Go for bad choice of words. It's not a bad choice of words. No, your words are fine. How do you make them do it? You put the leash through the back and you drag them in. One person is in the front and they walk them in. The other person is in the back and they drag them in. I've done that thousands of times and it's worked 100% of the time. I have a 100% success rate. And I'm not saying this to be a braggart. I'm saying it because it's a fact. It is an actual fact. So people can argue. They can, they can tell me I'm wrong. It's like I've been wrong a thousand times. Really? I did something wrong 1,000 times? Not just me, but everybody else in the industry. Like, I'm not the only one that does this. I'm not unique. Most dog trainers are pretty similar. Oh, throw food in. Bullshit. Food rarely works. When you have a dog that doesn't want to go into a crate, food rarely works. Get off this fucking food thing, and we use food to train. But this whole thing that food is the answer, food is rarely the answer. Force is usually the answer with a dog that doesn't want to do something. That is a fact. And any do any decent dog trainer that works with difficult dogs absolutely knows this. They absolutely know this. This is common knowledge.
Where does this energy come from? What energy, Robert? I'm like this most of the time. What energy? I'm not sure what you mean by what energy. Um, if you never listen to my morning show, my morning show is always like this. The morning show is always like this. It's always like out of control, irrational, you know, ranting, things like that. It's different than the it's different than the evening show. I do this five days a week. Um, Beth says, good morning. This is uh, YouTube now and uh, Facebook. Good morning, YouTube and Facebook. How are you? Constance, Brittany, JoJo, Snuggle Buns. Awesome, Ozzy. Good morning. Maggie, my Vishla puppy runs up to other dogs and people while hiking and jumps all over them. He's friendly and excited and scrappy. Okay, I don't care that your dog is friendly. I don't want your dog jumping on me. I'm going to boot your dog. So, so just to let you know, Maggie, if your Vishla runs up to me while I'm hiking, I'm going to kick it. I just want you to know that. And so will most other people. So how do you, do you want, if you want me to solve the problem, why is your, why is your dog um, that is not under voice control off leash? That's the first question I would ask you. First question I would ask you, Maggie, if you were my client is, why is your dog that is not under voice control that you cannot recall back off leash? Because it's going to get booted. And if you don't want your dog booted, and I'm not the only one that's going to kick your dog, a lot of people are going to kick your dog. Because we, we don't want your dog, okay, your scrappy, friendly dog jumping on us. We don't want that. And if we have a dog with us, your dog's going to get attacked. So, number one, your dog should be on a leash. Number two, train it a reliable recall. Number three, we have free videos on how to train it a reliable recall. You can do that within a week. In a month, it'll be bombproof. That's how you solve the problem. Right there, your problem, Maggie, is solved. In one week, it's pretty much solved. And in one month, it's absolutely solved. So we have videos. There's videos out there on how to train a reliable recall. And then you won't have that problem anymore. Then you won't have that problem anymore. So that's how you, that's how you solve that problem. Right there, bingo, done. You present a problem, I give you an answer. If you follow my instructions, you'll get the results. You'll get the results. Nobody wants an off-leash dog running up to them. They're all going to get kicked, most likely. Any of us that have got experience with off-leash dogs running at us, we kick them. And that doesn't mean we hate them. That doesn't mean we're mean. That doesn't mean we're abusive. Is Nobody wants an off-leash dog jumping on them. It doesn't make a difference if the person's a dog lover. It doesn't make a difference if your dog is friendly. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. So it's a sense of now, so it's two-part. You have a responsibility to keep your dog on a leash because you don't have control over it. And then you have a responsibility to um, off-leash recall your dog because your dog could also run away. Your dog could also get into a dog fight. And then when you describe it, Maggie, it's like he's so friendly, excited, and scrappy. Hold on. No, you can't. I'm using it. Um, just give me a couple minutes, honey. It's like, no, your dog is annoying. We have to reframe how we look at things. Your dog's being annoying. So you don't think that. 
because you love your dog. I get it. JW, good day. Laura says, good morning. Maggie, uh, my mother-in-law was trained three times a day as a puppy by Vishla at four and a half months, just sits and downs. He's getting much better in the car. I hardly train him. He lacks impulse control, but he's doing great. But all of that can be, all of that, I need more, a little bit more information, but all of that can be done. But just because you, you can train three times a day, but you can train wrong. And a Malinois and a Vishla are two different breeds of dogs. They've got two different, you know, characteristics to them. But all of that can be, you can get a dog to downstay in the back of a car in one session. In one, one session, you can accomplish that. We just did it with a, with a German Shepherd. We do it all the time. Everything I preach, I do. Everything I preach, I do. If I can't do it, I don't preach it. I don't preach it. But it's really easy to get a dog to down in the back of the car. But people can train three times a day, but they can train wrong. That's another thing. You have to make sure you're training correctly. That, that's, that's really, really important, too, that you're training correctly. And unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation out there. So with this misinformation, you've got to now start giving the right information. And if you lack impulse control, there's there's exercises you can do for impulse control. And the best exercise is learn how to properly apply a punisher to your dog for breaking a known command. So that's the best way to um, help with impulse control. Impulse control is the lack of an owner applying a punisher. That's how you get that's how you get a dog to do impulse control, better impulse control. And it's great. And it takes, only takes a couple sessions, couple sessions. That's all it does. All it does, everything from running out front doors, racing out of crates, going in and out of a vehicle without permission, um, breaking breaking obedience commands. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. But you just have to know how to do it, and we teach you how to do it. And not just us, but other, other decent dog trainers teach you how to do it. The problem is there's a lot of dog trainers out there that are not decent. They're selling you a bill of goods. They're making it. They're making it drawn out. Most dog trainers want you to take as long as possible so they can get as much money as possible from you. They don't want you to win, real quick. Um, Avi says um, that coward that we were talking about, the prong coward that we made the video on, is designed to hide the prongs. Yep, it's called like a keeper cow or something like that. Um, but that its function, it does not act like a prong. Agreed. It defeats the purpose of the actual collar. It defeats the purpose of the collar. It makes the collar not work properly. And if somebody wants to sit there and argue with me about it, you're coming across as an idiot because you're wrong. It does not do what the collar is designed to do. Between a between just looking at the collar, using the collar, and common sense, it's actually quite obvious. It's actually quite obvious. You bought one for $100 and it's shit. It is shit. It's a waste of money. And people, people, people do it because it hides the collar. Stop hiding the collar. You're, you're getting the collar for utilitarian purpose, not a fashion accessory. 
Everybody's like, they want a fashion accessory instead of a utilitarian purpose. Don't you want to, don't you want what works instead of what looks good? It's pretty simple. And then for the people that are on the, 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 the whole little thing about prong cowers are mean and abusive, you're stupid. I'm sorry. I'll say it right to your face and you can come on my show. Why? They hurt dogs? They don't hurt dogs. They don't hurt dogs. Martingales hurt dogs then. Flat buckle cowers hurt dogs. Harnesses hurt dogs. A prong cower doesn't hurt a dog. How do I know? I've been using them for 20 years and I've yet to hurt a dog in a prong cower. Therefore, I know. Therefore, I know. I know of a dog that hung itself on a flat buckle collar. I know a dog that hung itself on a flat buckle collar. Therefore, flat buckle collars kill dogs. Should we go down this road? Should we go down the road? I know many dogs that get abras abrasions from harnesses. They get infected. Therefore, harnesses hurt dogs. Should we go down this road? How far down the road do you want to go down? I know 90% of the dogs that come to me aggressive have never had a prong collar or a shock collar on them. Therefore, not using prong collars and shock collars make dogs aggressive, correct? You want to go down the road? Let's go down the road. Like these are ridiculous discussions and arguments. Prong collars don't hurt dogs. Well, then why do they work? I food train dogs. Why does that work? I can train a dog to do every obedience command if it has food drive with food. Why does that work? Am I hurting it? Let's go down that road. These are ridiculous discussions. These are discussions that people with no life love to have. Margo says, get through the crappy part of it, and it's golden. My pup loves it's crazy. Yeah, there's usually always a messy part. And anybody that's any, done anything great, there's always a messy part. This one's all 95 pounds. He goes right in and naps for hours. Yeah, as most dogs do. I don't know why it's such a novelty. It's such a novelty that your dog goes in a crate. It's a pretty simple task. That's like saying it's a novelty that your dog goes to the bathroom outside. No. That's what they're supposed to do. For some weird reason, when you get results, it's like this novelty, when it's actually, in our world, common. It's actually common. Eric, my dog goes into his crate um, without an issue and settles to sleep after a few minutes. However, he wakes up around two to three hours and won't settle any advice, please. Yes, a, a remote collar, a shock collar, if you learn how to use one and it's not difficult to do, we have free videos on how to do it. We have paid videos on how to do it. And you just stim the collar and you teach the dog how to relax. You can also go up to the collar, bang the crate. Your dog is just being a pain in the butt. It wants attention, unless it has to go to the bathroom. But most likely it doesn't if it's an older dog. It's just being a pain in the butt. So it wants attention, give it negative attention. Make it suck to get up and bother you. Your average dog can easily sleep through the night. 
We see this all the time. So, so what you just presented to us, Eric, is a common problem, and we have a common, common fix for it. So walk up to the crate. No, hit the top of the crate. All right. From the other room, no, use the remote power, have a video camera on the dog, and there's a little bit of navigation to it, but it works. We have a high drive Malinois that's with us right now. It doesn't sleep through the night at its owner's house. It was with us on its first night. It slept through the night. Why? Because we know what to do. And we can teach it. All of these skills are easily transferable. They're easily transferable. So, Eric, if you did, if you set up a video camera on your dog and I was watching it and you had a remote collar, I could show you what to do. If you don't have a remote collar, I can still show you what to do. But the remote collar, the shock collar are fantastic. And it's not because you're hurting the dog. It's because you're communicating with the dog to settle down. It's actually done at low levels. There's actually no discomfort at all. And I love how people say, well, then why does it work? That's such a stupid, this isn't against you, Eric, but that's such a stupid response. Why does it work then? If it doesn't hurt, why does it work? So every trained dog there went through massive amounts of pain to become trained. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. No, it's just called dog training. It's called dog training. That's all it is. It's a set of skills that somebody knows that they can pass on to somebody else. But I'm just, why am, I, why am I touching on the subject today? Because the industry is out to get you. They don't want you to be successful. They honestly don't. They don't want you to be successful. It sounds ridiculous, but guess what? How about this? Ready for this comment? Big Farm wants you to stay sick. Big Farm wants you to stay sick. Why? It's profitable. It is profitable for you to stay sick. He's deaf. A remote collar still works if he's deaf. Just to let you know. A remote collar, a shock collar will still work if the dog is deaf. Okay? We've done it with many deaf dogs. That's one thing you don't have to, you don't need to hear. You don't need to hear it all. It's all done silently. It's all done silently. Joyful, please stop answering other people's questions. That's what they're that's what they're contacting me for. All right. Joyful, start your own QA show. All right. Diane. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you? Joyful says, I had a client uh, dog out on a trail last week on a muzzle in someone's lab. Puppy ran up and attempted to jump on both of us. Yeah, kick the dog. Good thing he was on a muzzle, but I was frustrated he has, he has a reaction. Um, don't be frustrated. My dogs would react. My dogs would probably try to attack. My dogs would attack the dog. If an off-leash dog, if we were hiking down a trail and an off-leash dog jumped on my dogs, my dogs would attack that dog. Rightly so. Rightly so. They have every right to do that. And I've got every right to boot the dog. Why not? Why can't I enjoy a peaceful walk in the woods without someone else's dog that, does, that isn't trained jumping on me and my dogs? 
My dog can attack that dog, and I can attack that dog. I'm not a violent person. I don't want my dogs to fight. But why do I have to sit there and let this dog jump on us? Why? 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 Because of someone's irresponsibility that they can't keep their dog on a leash or train their dog recall, why do I have to pay the price? Why do I have to pay the price? Now he says it's true, it's annoying. It's beyond annoying. It's also dangerous. It's also dangerous. Melissa, good morning. I have an excitable puppy around other dogs. Needs help with calming her, 14 weeks old. She's only 14 weeks old. Dog doesn't know yet. I have a leash on her. Don't have tons of duration with her downer. So you don't need duration. You just need to get your dog to stop being excited in the moment. So no, use a bonker. No, bonk. Teach your dog. Someone has to correct the dog. Someone has to correct the overexcitement. So it's either you or the other dog. If it's the other dog, it might not always go well. It might not always go well. Okay, again, Joyful, please stop answering other people's questions. I've asked you this many times. Please, I'm asking you again. Sorry, everybody, but this is an ongoing issue. Terry G says, you called it again, Jeff. First for e-cowers and now in UK in the process of breed banning the extra-large bully, which breed are next. It's going to be the breed that someone else likes. The UK has got to stop. All these people celebrating, all these people celebrating the banning of tools, the banning of sports, the banning of breeds are celebrating until it affects the breed that they like. And it's going to. It's going to. Dog sports are going to be banned. Breeds are going to be banned. It's going to pretty soon you won't be able to do anything with your dog. Mark says, great message. I'm a trainer in Atlanta. I need just one session with 90% of families. I tell them on the phone, it's so easy that if you aren't blown away, it's free. Nobody has ever not paid me. Yeah, it's very easy. It's it's very, very easy. Your do a dog trainer should be able to blow your mind after one session. After one session, they should be able to blow your mind. It's not that difficult to do. At what age can you start a knee collar with a puppy? 14 weeks old. But my question is, Melissa, do you know how to use a knee collar? And what are you using it for? So do you know how to use an e-cower? And what are you using it for? Those are very important questions. Those are very important questions because they're relevant. You can use an e-cower for so many things. To train a behavior, to stop a behavior, to change the dog's state of mind. What's your skill set? Most people don't have very good skill set with an e-cower. So there's so many variables. There's so many variables, but training can start the minute you get your dog. Brittany, I'm sick, put to sleep, makes the money, explain why so many things are masked with meds. Yes. Alicia says, dog is starting to resource guard me more in the house since I'm pregnant. And that's natural. That all, that, that's very, very natural to happen from people he does not know. Should Alicia make it suck for him? I've got a video on the out away from people. Watch the video called out away from people out away from people but it's very common for a dog to start resource guarding humans in general but a pregnant woman especially melissa says yes um have your course just haven't used for puppy yes good awesome um let's go over to rumble hey rumble how are you um navy vet hello and good morning i started using the crate at seven weeks started early has worked great yeah that's when dogs should be created dogs should be created right at the beginning 
Like, why would you let your free? Why would you let your puppy, an eight-week-old puppy, seven-week-old puppy, nine-week-old puppy, free roam your house? It's irresponsible. Your dog is going to destroy something. It could die. It's going to piss and shit all over the house, and you're going to get frustrated. So, crate train the dog first, then housebreak the dog. I'm looking up. I've had people say to me, "Well, of course it listens to you if you use a shock collar. They're afraid of you." That's a stupid. That, that's a very stupid statement. That's a stupid statement. That's that's a statement coming from an ignorant person that doesn't know anything about collars. I can make dogs afraid of me with no equipment whatsoever. I don't need a shock collar. Give me a leash. Give me no leash. That's a stupid statement. That's an ignorant, that's coming from somebody that is just ignorant. It's not their fault. They're just not educated. They're just not educated. Meanwhile, I have dogs that love me because I use e-cowers. How about that conversation? Of course the dog loves you. You have an e-cower. Of course the dog loves you because you train the dog. Why is it that dogs, like, like, spend so much, we have a great relationship with dogs because we use e-cowers. Explain that one to me. Why do so many dogs and owners have great relationships and they use e-cowers? Explain that one to me now. Because that's a fact. And how many dogs do we have afraid of us because they're fearful dogs with no equipment on whatsoever? Explain that one. Now explain that one. Navy vet, I've, um, I had a large Siberian Husky out on its own run up to me with my young pup, so I threw a chair at it. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Over says, good training in the backyard, doesn't carry on high distraction in public. And yeah, yeah. Any training in a, anything just like anything else in life, anything in a very sterile environment does not carry on. You have to you have to train with distractions. We talk about that every day. You always have to train with distractions. You always have to train with distractions. Constantly. Constantly. You have to train above threshold. Constantly. Constantly. Because training in a sterile environment is a sterile environment. You always have to. You always have to go up there, and we show people how to do that. We show people how to do that. Urban says, "Hi, good morning. How long should I use food during the training process? All depends on your skill set, and also what are you training? What are you training? But you train it up until the dog knows the command. That's that's a pretty much a general term. You train it until the dog knows the command." Once the dog knows the command, you go to variable food reward, and then you go to corrections for non-compliance of a known command. So that there's a there's a it's a it's a stand it's a standard protocol. It's a standard protocol. Most people stay on food too long. Most people stay on food too long, and it's not necessary. What age can I put a prong on a puppy? Fourteen weeks. But again, what are you using it for? What's your skill set on it? What's your skill set on it? My dog loves me since using the e-cow. We have a great relationship. Yeah, most people that properly, and it's when I say properly, it's not that difficult to do. Most people that properly train their dog on e-cowers have a fantastic relationship with their dogs. They have a great relationship with their dogs. I've just seen it in the last 20 years. So I have a little bit of experience. 
So I just keep seeing it over and over and over again. And for all these people out there to throw these general statements out there that e-cowers are mean, are clueless. These are called clueless people. And I'm not nice about this anymore because they are clueless. And they push their agenda on you and it's a false agenda with no known basis of factual information behind it. These are people that have never used e-cowers. Anybody that's ever trained their dog on an e-cower and trained it like step-by-step step the way you're supposed to, nobody ever says, my relationship sucks with my dog. For some weird reason, they never ask the people that are successful with, these tra with the training protocols how it's going. They only ask the people that don't like this stuff. That's what's every, all, all these studies are based on people that don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing at all. I think that's all we got today. All right. All right, everybody. Badly in love with you. I'll see you all tonight on the What Would Jeff Do show on the Q&A. Don't forget, I think our Black Friday sale starts today on all of our courses. Go to Solid Canine Academy, Solid Canine Academy, SolidCanineAcademy.com. All right, everybody have a fantastic day. Take care.